Last time I checked, I was still a kid. Childish, childish. This all freaks me out. Childish, oh shit. How can I pet when I'm still a kid? Childish, oh shit. Hey, listeners, it's uh, Greg Fitzsimmons, one half of Childish. Hello, it's Allison Rosen, the other half of Childish. And together, we are Childish. Childish. Oh, so in sync. Wow. Even if we sounded out of sync. We're emotionally in sync, though. Right. Speaking of which, we should clap in. Oh, yeah. One. (laughs) Clap. (laughs) One. Two, three. There we go. Given that we already started, I don't know of what use that clap is, but I think that will alert the listeners that it's time to get serious and get silly. Get silly and get your hair straightened, for God's sake. Allison, That's right. you look yes. so, I don't know what it is about you today. You look, you're, you look like a, a, a 1930s film noir vixen. Your voice is sultry. Your hair is straightened. It's flat. It's flatter than before. Yeah. So I was just sitting here feeling sleepy and greasy because my hair is very just slicked to my scalp. And Greg said in a slightly accusatory manner, what's going on with your hair? And I said, oh, yeah, this is uh," he said it looks great as if backpedaling just a tiny bit. But I also think it might be sincere. But you got to remember, Greg's a guy who uh, as and I'm wondering, do you still do this, Greg? And, you know, I love you. But like for a long time, one of Greg's party tricks and main talents was that he could he could guess your uh, bra cup size very accurately. Uh, in, an early, in an earlier version in Greg 2.0, there was a uh, <laughs> guessing of bra sizes at parties, at comedy mm-hmm. shows, and it went over pretty big. And then this Me Too thing happened, yeah. and I have since backed away from guessing women's bra sizes. Yeah. I, I was thinking, it's been a long time since you've uh, dusted that one off. Yeah. And it must, it must be a bummer when it's like, ugh, but I was so good at that. It's like... <sighs> You know, I feel like I have a lot of gifts, but none of them matches my ability to guess a bra size. And, you know, it, yeah. it comes from love because they say when you're talking to kids, tell them mm-hmm. to follow their heart. And for right. me, the ability to stare at a woman's breasts for a long period of time. It's your passion. And sometimes ask for a hug <laughs> or a jumping jack. I mean, there was different. There were things that some called yeah. it cheating. In the, mm-hmm. in the American Academy of Breast Guessing, uh, uh, they say that you <laughs> right. shouldn't do any of those things. Right, in their protocols. Yeah. Yeah, I know. You got, you got, ban- you got uh, banned. They did sanctions. Yeah. I felt bad. I, I followed. I didn't know you yet when that happened. Mm-hmm. And I followed it every single day on the news. My friends and I did. And I, we had debates late into the night. And then to think one day I would, know, and you would even guess my sizes. But so anyway, um, I bring that up because I'm just saying the feeling of having of of having you guess was one filled with like I don't know what this feeling is. It's both uh it's it's love but it's also it's a strange feeling. And that and I was I remembering that feeling when you were complimenting my hair but also calling out my hair. Yeah. Of like I'm not sure that you are really think it does look good because I don't feel like it looks good right now. But anyway, the explanation is I just got it straightened, and despite the fact that you are just plastering me with compliments, I was explaining to you, no, this is the two days wherein I am not allowed to get it uh, wet because I just have to like let it just hang out and let the straightening take. So tomorrow I can wash it and then it'll look normal again. It is sort of like for anyone who remembers the age of perms after a perm, you couldn't get it wet for, this was like a pivotal moment in uh, legally blonde. You couldn't get your hair wet. So why did you straighten it? Is it too uh, curly? I have naturally curly hair. You don't like that? No, it's, um, it's a whole thing to have it look good curly it takes a humongous amount of upkeep i just like my hair better straight but there are times that it looks is this cultural appropriation though 
Oh, yeah. It's I mean, probably there's a real argument to be made for this is like self-loathing and this is me internalizing, uh, you know, Western ideals of beauty, which is probably true. But I just think I look better with straight hair. Okay, it's like I get it, you know, and there are times where I think that I do look better with curly hair, but I just haven't uh, gone so far as to decide that I should let it go back to being curly. Okay, I I mean, I love you. No matter how your hair is. Thank you, Greg. Yes. Is there a butt? I shaved mine. How about that? Look at that. Did you do it yourself? No, my son did it. Taking over for JoJo. How did that feel? Uh, it felt he got really into it. He was, uh, he was very excited to do it. I think it's fun to shave somebody's head. I've never done it. Yeah. No, I haven't either. I could see that being fun. Uh, can I tell you about a little something that just happened in the house? And can I get your opinion about this? Yeah. Okay. So uh, the sultry voice is owing to my general sultriness of late, but also I just cannot wake up. So I made a cup of coffee before Are I came out here. Are you post-coital right now? I'm post-COVID. Oh. But I'm not post-coital. Okay. No. Um made a cup of coffee before we came out to do the show. And then I looked down into the cup and there were two small flies, deceased, two small deceased flies in the top. So I thought, ew. And I thought maybe it's just coffee grounds. I fished them out with a spoon. And then I turned to my husband and our babysitter and I said, there, I just found two flies in here. I should just make I should just make a fresh cup, right? And they both said no. No. Nope. You agree with them. It's like Why is everyone conspiring be, be, against me? Because you're trying to straighten your hair. You're trying to take things out of your coffee. You got to live <laughs> life on its own terms, Rosen. Oh, my God. Yep. Am I not accepting? So this to you is not accept not taking life on life's terms? Let me ask you some questions. Okay, because I'm I'm Have now you, about to take my first sip of a uh, sip sip my first sip of the fly coffee, even though inside my body is screaming. It's saying, "Don't drink that poison coffee." Don't you hate when people say to you, "Like, do you know that every year you eat twelve pounds of mouse shit or something like that?" And you're like, <laughs> "Yes, I, I don't I need yeah. to know that." I don't like. Yeah, my. Did you know that your stomach is filled with six pounds of um cum? <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to know that. Well, if you're Richard Simmons, that probably is true. It depends on who you are. But yeah. let me ask you some questions straight up. All right. Have you ever had Botox or anything like that done to your face? No, but I've been curious about it for years. And one of these days, I'm going to finally get off my ass and I'm going to go do it. Because I, I, I have, would like to do it, but I haven't yet. Have you ever whitened your teeth? Yes. Have you ever colored your hair? Yes. Have you ever worn a push-up bra? I've worn a padded bra, not a push-up yeah, bra. Yeah, same thing. Yeah. Have you ever straightened your hair? No. Oh, fuck. Yes. Have you ever had a nose job? If I had, do you think I'd be walking around with this nose? Let me see. Turn sideways. <sighs> okay, but allow me to just say I feel that the, this camera angle is not flattering. Okay. But also my nose is not flattering. Oh, it's got, it's a great nose. It's got great character. That is not, I mean, thank you very much. <laughs> thank you. Your bald head is dignified. I mean, I appreciate it, but that's not what I'm going for with my face. <laughs> thank you very much. I have, I've been, uh, I've, I have been thinking about a nose job since I was like 15. No. But I'd, I don't think I'll get one. No. But, I mean, I'm not going to at this point, but no. I've been, you know, I've thought about it for a long time. Okay, keep going. I like where we're going with this. I'm not sure where we're uh, going with have this. Have you had your ears pierced? Yes. Do you wear makeup? Yes. Do you wear not right deodorant? Now, yes. yes. I mean, think of all the things you do to your body to change it, you know? So therefore I should enjoy flies in my you coffee? just drink the flies in your coffee. Is that somehow making up for all the other things I've done? No, I'm just thinking about how much in the human condition we do to our bodies, you know? Like and I, as women, we do so much, so much more. more. I've also had braces. Uh -huh. um, 
we do so much more. Like there was a period of time where Nikki Glaser was talking about how much longer it takes a woman on camera to get ready than a man and how like for a dude to get ready for an on-camera appearance, he has so much more time to be preparing his jokes and preparing his material. And I remember when I would when we would go, I was on that show at midnight with you. Yep. Um and, you know, you go there and then you like get the there's all this there's like prep work you have to do ahead of time. And um, for me to go do it, like I have to sit in hair and makeup. So it's a different amount of time you have to prep. Right. Um, it's, it, it's interesting. And I think about that often, like if I'm getting ready for a podcast that's going to be on camera, I really given that more people, way more people are listening than watching it, I really should be spending more time doing the prep for the conversation. But because I'm vain, I spend more time putting on makeup and things like no, that. No, I remember I went to a uh, radio interview in Cleveland just for the hell of it. No, I was in town <laughs> doing a club. And uh, and they and they started going off on, Natasha Leggero was just here and she came in and, you know, we stream it. We stream the interview and it was early in the morning and she asked us to not put her on camera because she oh, didn't totally have makeup on. And I was like, and they were, they were giving her shit. And I was like, Hey, fuck off. You know what it's yeah. like for a woman in Hollywood? It's seven o'clock in the morning. She just flew in the night before and she didn't have time to spend an hour putting makeup on for a goddamn yeah. radio interview. What are you streaming right. for anyway? Right. And especially someone like, Natasha, who has a like her image is part of her act. Yes, she's got a whole thing. She's glamorous. Yeah, it, like you wouldn't expect. And this is not the same. But say someone like Andrew Dice Clay at the when he, you know, to to come on wearing sweats or something. It's like right. They wouldn't begrudge him that. So why were you, why are you begrudging her that? Because this society is driven yeah. by the male patriarchy. Oh my God! You're look at you. Yep. Have you gone to an encounter group? No, I live with two women. So anyway, you think I should drink the fly juice? Drink the flies. I am. I it's feel just like surprising Jesus, well, to here's me. the thing. I think that God, there is a God, and I think whatever he does, it's called, it's called, uh, uh, Yahweh. isness. Whatever is, is how you should live. What I, if there's flies in your coffee, there's flies in your coffee. If there's a traffic and you're trying to get somewhere, there's traffic and you're trying to get somewhere. Don't fight it. Just accept life on its terms and stop trying to think that there's a reality that's better than the one that you're in. I just think there might be a cup of coffee that's better than one than the one I'm drinking. <laughs> <laughs> I did fish them out, though. I'm just saying. Do you think I they could... died from drinking coffee? Oh, like they're over-caffeinated? Yeah. I have been wondering. I mean, there's a lot of things that could have happened because <clears throat> they could have been drawn to the cup that had a residue of coffee in it from the prior coffee and drowned in a tiny bit. Like, like you burned know, those... to death? Like boiled? Like lobsters? No. Um, Maybe you should dunk these fuckers in some butter, see how they taste. <laughs> Oh God, that's like, that's going to be our future food source. Um, no, I'm saying they could have, it was cool coffee, but they, maybe they thought it was a mirage. Maybe they were thirsty. So they could have like drowned in, you know, just the residue of coffee that was in there from my earlier cup of coffee, or I did pour the milk in before the coffee. So maybe they came out of the milk or creamer carton, which is disgusting. Maybe they came out of the coffee maker, which is disgusting. Or maybe when I had my back turned, they just, I don't know where they came from. All right. Well, let's I need to go backwards. I guess we yeah. have a podcast. To yeah. Do. Let's get to the podcast. So, all right. Jojo had her first, uh, fender bender. Oh no. Is she's, everything okay? She's fine. The fender is, is, uh, bent. Okay. It was a true fender bender, and she apparently, according to her, she was coming through a yellow light, and somebody from the opposite direction did a U-turn in an intersection, a pretty busy intersection, hmm. and they hit head on, and oh uh, and it's like bashed in pretty far. It, th it looks like it's just the bumper, so she's claiming it was completely the other woman's fault. Mm -hmm. The woman is saying that JoJo ran the red light. Mm. And I think the truth probably lies somewhere in the fact that she was probably speeding through a yellow. Right. 
And so the woman offered to pay half, which is going to be, it's going to be $1,500 to replace a bumper, which is absurd. Um, what do you think? What's the, what do I think about what? What should like, JoJo do? Should she agree to pay half or should she say, no, we're going through insurance and they're going to find that it's 100% your fault because you were making a U-turn and take, take the uh, consequences? Oh, boy. I think I Option would. three. Option three. Okay. Say All to right. the woman, look, this is more your fault than mine. You pay a thousand, I'll pay five hundred. Okay. I am trying let me conceptualize here. Okay, so the woman was making a U-turn. So the woman thought it was the kind of thing where she saw the cars, what she thought was the cars slowing down. And she's like, oh, here's my chance to make the U-turn. But no, Jojo was not slowing down. She was trying to get through the intersection. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they collided. Right. Although us being like veteran drivers, which is how, how, how could that, how could we be veteran drivers when we're so young? W that wouldn't have, ha I'm just trying to think like that wouldn't have happened if we were driving because we would like what act, like what went wrong to create this how did they not see each other? I think there you know? may have been a car in the intersection waiting to make a left. And uh, in front of the U-turn. Yes, I believe that might have been the case. But still, and then that, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not quite. How fast was everyone going? I don't know. Um, I. Oh, this is such a hard thing. I actually know someone dealing with this right now who's debating whether to. It's exact same amount, 1500 to replace a bumper. And they're dealing with whether to go through insurance or not. And um, I think, I mean, you could try the 1500 thing. And if the woman doesn't go for it, is the, does the woman seem like nice and reasonable? I'm not sure. I'm having JoJo deal with everything. This is my... My parenting is to say, you're 19 now. It's time for you to start figuring out life on your own. You handle it. I'm advising her, but I'm letting her handle it. Is she in... I mean, the half and half thing seems like a pretty smooth, like, wipe your hands of it, yeah, walk away thing. I think so. If she's inclined to go for that one, that... Yeah, and then I told JoJo we would pay half of the half she's paying. Oh, that's nice. We don't have to, that's, but we should. No, that's really nice. That's really nice of you. Um, my parents would not have done that. That's very nice of you. That's a nice supportive thing to do. Um, yeah, because I'm having trouble getting a sense of like whose fault it really, who yeah. the fault, fault really lies All with. All right, well, let's move on. Okay. Is she bummed out? Not too bad. I think she's okay. Yeah. Um, Does she have her own car or is it your car? It's she and Owen's car, but it really she oh. drives it most of the time. And then when she, he doesn't bring a, a car to college, obviously. And when she was going to school, it was, she had a car. She brought the car up there to San Francisco. Right. Yeah. And, and her car is fine. I mean, sorry. Yeah. Wait. It's got the, the, the no, her car got the, the bumper damaged. Oh, the other car is fine. The other car is fine. Yes. Oh, it's her. Got it. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. If the other woman's willing to do half, then. Yeah, I think that's the way to go. Yeah. Um. All right. Should we, what were you going to say? I wanted to also say I had a. Uh, oh, no. I'll do that as my high. I got. Uh, that'll be my high. Okay. Okay. Should we do some news? Time for the news. Titties are in the news. Titties. Uh, the American Academy of Pediatrics, AAP, recommends, app, recommends exclusive breastfeeding for about the first six months. Uh, it added, we support continued breastfeeding after solid foods are introduced as long as you and the baby desire for two years or beyond. So this yeah, is and more- people are People are freaking out a little bit about this um, because they're saying like it is not 
feasible. It is putting undue. That's my bias, but that's the feeling among a lot of women. It's putting undue pressure on women who already feel a lot of pressure. This idea that like breastfeeding for two years, that's not realistic. Yeah. My wife did it. She did two years, but she was a stay at home mom, you know? Right. There are people who can do it and there are people who want to do it. And I say they should be supported if they want to. But to make women who can, who are are struggling to do that feel that they are somehow depriving their children of something the kids might need. I think is, that that's where there are a lot of women who feel like this is not something. Well, um, I think not, they're you know, say- my kids are fine. I think they're saying if possible, do it. And if it's yeah. not possible, it's absolutely fine to use formula, although it's pretty tough to get it. I don't know if that's, yeah. that situation's improved at all. But I think that there's what they're saying is if you are in a position where you have the time and the resources and you're, and actually your breasts are functioning well, because some, some women just have a hard time lactating, um, that, you, that, that they say, you know, maybe, maybe push yourself a little more to do it if you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you can't accept that, it, 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 there's, there's benefits, but it's not life altering. It just means your right. kid, your kid will probably, I mean, there's a bunch of benefits. My wife is a lactation consultant. She has a degree in that. So I know a lot about it and it does, uh, you get a lot more antibodies from it. Uh, there's a lot of, um, bonding that occurs between the mother and the child during breastfeeding. Um, they show they show a lot of benefits, but it's not the end of the world. Can I tell you something? Uh, I forget how much I've talked about this on the show. The fact that I was not able to breastfeed at all. Like yeah. I didn't create milk. Right. Um, which was like pretty devastating, actually. Uh, was it? Um yeah, because I thought I was going to, I planned to breastfeed. Like yeah. I had gone to the classes and I had bought all the equipment and it just was always like my mom breastfed my sister and me. And I just had these ideas that I hadn't really even, I wasn't even aware of how deeply ingrained uh, I had, you know, to me, it's like a mother should breastfeed. I mean, and that, by the way, is now the way culture has swung. Uh, as well but it also was an ingrained thing that i believed i think because my mom had breastfed us so then when i was not able to i felt really like i was failing my kid and i just it also like i'm a a control person and i you know i tried for i i had a lactation consultant and i tried it was finally the lactation consultant that was like i think you should should Uh, um but you know but but ultimately it was fine and you know he was formula fed and my ki- my my kids were totally fine um and someday i'll write about it um because i have feel you know and i think that whatever i write like maybe that could help someone else who goes through this experience it's and, and that's not a it happens it's not a common experience though but there are people who just like their biology is such that like the you know the tissue that the ducks or whatever like it's not there it doesn't make the milk so anyway though <laughs> i was getting into the shower the other day uh and owen looks at my breasts and he goes what are those <laughs> And I was thinking, that is a question that only a formula-fed baby would ask. And I think uh, I've had similar moments with Elliot. Uh-huh. And it like that it, th- those questions always like make me laugh, but then it's kind of bittersweet cuz I'm yeah. just like that's so crazy that your baby would look at your breasts and be like what is that yeah oh that's hilarious <laughs> it wouldn't you know to them it's like they're they don't have that association that kind of always kind of makes me sad uh but you know i remember so be it you know it's uh, and you should write about it because i think it is important that women not feel uh less than for not for for it not working out for sure i mean it is a very marginal advantage it's 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 something but it's not anything to lose sleep about um, and, uh, I remember when Owen was in the bathtub with Aaron and he was like, uh, I don't know how old he was, two or something. And he was still breastfeeding and he pointed to her nipples and he said, is this where you blow up your teetalies? <laughs> teetalies. <laughs> yeah. He called them teetalies. That is so And he thought cute. they were like balloons. Yeah. That is so cute. Um, 
you know, Elliot, any picture he sees from before he was born, he says, is that when there was a baby in your tummy? And so he'll if he sees a picture from like seven years, like anything before he was born, he wants to know is that when there was a baby in your tummy? Yeah. And I'll say no. And then he's like, what? It's funny. This is like, I think the very, very earliest beginning of him wondering how does it all happen? Yeah. So I'm like very, very early, like braced for, okay, that's, he's beginning to be curious about it. Cause he doesn't, I think in his mind, it's like the baby must be in your belly forever, forever. until it's born. Right. Yeah. Right. He, the idea that it's at one point, not there. And then there, um, speaking of babies, uh, here's a news story about some uh, baby names that are banned in the U.S. Did you know that if you wanted to name your baby Nutella, that's banned? Really? Why they yeah, trademarked it? I don't. You know, I don't know why. Which to motherly.com, I would say not very motherly of you to not predict the fact that we're going to want to know why you can't name your baby Nutella. Right. It's weird because I feel like. What's going to happen? Are you going to be uh, arrested in the middle of the night? So state there, it's state by state restrictions, just like abortion. Uh, in Arizona, there's a 45 character limit on first, middle and last names. <laughs> in Arkansas, no apostrophes, hyphens or spaces. Um, oh, wait, sorry. Apostrophes, hyphens and spaces are allowed only if they're not used consecutively. So you can't have like a double hyphen. So you could say face. mommy's little girl could be your child's name. Yeah. Mommy's little monster like that song. Um, in California, no derogatory or obscene names. Um, now, I wonder what they did, how they define that. Pictographs and non-English characters are also banned. Oh. Um, okay. In Florida, a signed agreement is required of parents to establish their child's first name. Otherwise, a court will select one. Ooh. A court-designated name. Um, Hi. What's your name? Plaintiff. (laughs) Uh, Okay. And then here's baby names that are banned across the U.S. King, Queen, at... What about Queen Latifah? Yeah, maybe that's just her stage name. Oh. Majesty, Harry Three, Nutella. Can Um, I just say I love... When people call each other queen, I like when a woman gets called queen by anybody. Mm -hmm. And I also enjoy calling other men queen. I don't know how long that'll last, but in the zeitgeist of right now, I'm enjoying the use of queen. But you mean like a celebratory queen, like not a put down, right? Not a put down. No, it's glorious. It's empowering. It's your queen. You you radiate. Yeah. I do not understand why you can't name someone Nutella. And I feel like that's bullshit. Yeah. Cause then you call them nut for short, which is fun. Yeah. Or Newt. Newt. Or Ella. I mean, this is, I'm sorry. And then just a quick update to our Sesame Street story from last week, uh, where Rosita was a, the person in the Rosita costume was accused of racist behavior at Sesame place in Philadelphia because there was a a black family there who wanted to get some hugs from Rosita. And apparently she was only interacting with the white kids. So that family or a lawyer on behalf of that family has brought a class action suit um, against Sesame against SeaWorld which is the company that owns Sesame Place in Philadelphia on behalf of like a bunch of families. And it's for $25 million. And evidently it's against four characters. It's Ernie, Telly, Abby Cadabby. And it must've been Rosita though. Now I can't remember Rosita being named in it. And uh, John Doe's one through four are known to hold some racist views. That was kind of surprising to wow. me. Wow. Yeah. So uh, Sesame Place, you have some explaining to do, I would say. Yeah, I would say so. I would say so too. Um, Greg, have I told you the story of when uh, I was in the NICU with Elliot and they asked me if I know how to change a diaper? No. But let me tell you. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I have, but you know what? It you might have forgotten because each time oh, I tell I it. Oh, I remember. That's right. 
Yeah, but it's heartwarming each time. Yes. It's sort of like you just can't hear it enough. Uh, because yeah. each time I, I bring a new special something or other. Yes. You know, it's, yes. It's like the oral tradition and it gets passed down. Uh, I love oral mostly. traditions. I know you do. Every, every uh, anyway. Father's Day. So, <laughs> so anyway, they said, do you, and then I did know how to change a diaper, I thought, but I wanted to, you know, I was a little bit nervous. And so they showed me with, with Huggies diapers. Uh, this episode of Childish is brought to you by Huggies Special Delivery Diapers. And uh, I became brand loyal at that point. They were so, they were so helpful the way they showed me on my delicate newborn baby. And they sent me home with a bunch of Huggies. Huggies were there for us when we were brand new parents. And that's why we are so excited to talk about their special delivery diapers. Huggies softest diaper yet is made with 20% plant-based materials by weight and clinically proven hypoallergenic and dermatologist tested. Huggies special delivery diapers feature 100% breathable outer cover and fast absorbing, absorbing liner so that they protect baby's gentle skin. They're also fragrance free. You can feel confident and secure using these diapers on your brand new baby sensitive skin. We know how overwhelming it can be to welcome a new life into the world, but you've got this. We did it and you can too. Huggies, we got you, baby. Learn more on Huggies.com. Can we do one more news story? Yes, of course. Well, poor Tom Brady, uh, who he revealed that his biggest parenting struggle, this was on a podcast where people say shit they shouldn't say. Why do people agree to do podcasts? They always get in trouble. I know. He said, we should only do our ours. His big, right. We've only had two guests, right? Ever? Yeah, but oh, I just, my shirt is inside out. Um, I, I mean, our respective, I don't mean childish, but they should also agree to childish. I mean, our respective other podcasts. Yes. Um, so he said the hardest thing about raising their children is that, um, uh, Keeping his kids grounded, being so rich. Mm. It's very hard to be rich and raise kids, apparently. Um, we oh, have Tom people Brady. that clean for us. We have people that make our food. We have people that drive us to the airport. We get off a plane. There's people waiting there to get us ushered in. That's my kid's reality. And that's not really the way reality is. And it's like, well, yeah, it is. Because you're worth $250 million and your wife is worth more. So there will never be a day where your right. child gets off a plane or your grandchild or your great-grandchild or your great-great-grandchild where somebody is not greeting them and taking them where they need to be. Somebody's always going to clean their house and someone's always going to cook for them. So that is their reality. Yeah, that is their reality. They don't need to be grounded. But anyway, Fuck no the one ground. knows how hard, the no ground knows how hard they have it. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I've been on the ground. Yeah. I know what it's like. Right. I've had boots Doesn't... on the ground. The ground yes. is hard. The ground has dirt on it. Yeah, people Smells. walk on the ground. Fuck the ground. Yeah. The yeah. air. I I would love to get away from the ground. I want to be in the nether the nether world where they are. Yeah. What what podcast was this where he said this stuff? Drive with you know? Jim Farley. I don't know that on one. On Spotify. It sounds great. It sounds very manly. It really does. Yeah. So, you know, Bunchin, his wife Bunchin, was raised. Giselle. She was raised. Giselle. She is goddamn beautiful and a nice person, too. <laughs> Have you met her? I, I've met him. I played football with him. I never told you, you the Tom Braid story? No. Well, you know, I do a lot of work with best buddies, which is uh, yes. people who have intellectual disabilities. And uh, we help, uh, I raise money for them. And we uh, sometimes will go on bowling trips with some of the best buddies. And and then I do this big uh, bike rake, this bike race fundraiser in Boston. We, we go from Boston down to Cape Cod on bicycles. And the night before the big event, they have a VIP event at Harvard Stadium and uh, Tom Brady and a bunch of other big celebrities uh, play football with some of the big sponsors and with some of the best buddies playing as well. The people with intellectual disabilities. So we're in the locker room, the Harvard Stadium locker room, and I'm standing next to Tom Brady who looks me in the eyes and I melt. I got goosebumps. I'm a little sweaty. I'm not uh -huh. in control of my words. And, uh, and, and cause he's not only the great, he is unquestionably the greatest 
quarterback in history. And he is also gorgeous. gorgeous. So we're talking and he's asking about being a comedian and I'm telling him how funny I am. And, uh, and then we go out on the field and I'm on his team. And so we line up in the line of scrimmage and uh, I take off up the sideline on the right and I look over my shoulder and I'm running pretty fast. I look over my shoulder and who's looking in my eyes? Tom just Brady. That. Tom okay. Brady. He takes the ball back behind his ear and he, he just, he, he pops a beautiful spiral, floats through the August sky and I put my arms out in a little basket catch and it, and, and it floats over my head and I'm just thinking, don't fucking drop this. And I'm just yeah. telling my legs, what left, right, left, right, soft hands, pull it in, ball lands. I pull it in. I catch it, Allison Rosen. Oh my God. And then standing in front of me are two of the best buddies about to touch me, to, t- <laughs> to tag me. And I deke them out. I run around them and I score a touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> I was immediately so ashamed. I wow. went from pure joy to what is wrong with me. Yeah. yeah. How did everyone react to that? Not well. Not well. No. My, <laughs> how did Tom? How did Tom Brady react to that? Uh, he didn't throw me any more passes. <laughs> and my friend Martha was on the sidelines, and she just was laughing her ass off. She laughed for the next two days. And we rode our bikes down to um, Hyannisport. And they had a big, I mean, this Best Buddies group, they do it right. They had a giant tent and uh, they raised millions of dollars with this event. The Beach Boys were playing under the tent where we ate uh, lobster rolls and clam chowder in Cape Cod. We listened to the wow. Beach Boys. And then the after they- and then Was they, John Stamos there too? John Stamos has been to some of these events. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I've heard that from your story. He plays with the Beach Boys sometimes. No, I've seen the Beach Boys twice. So then- they go, hey, you want to go to the after party? And I was like, sure. Where is it? And they're like, the Kennedy compound. Next thing you know, I'm getting a tour of the house that John F. Kennedy grew up in, in Hyannisport. And they Damn. took me up and I, I met the maid and we kind of like hit it off. So she took me to the screening room. Joe Kennedy had a an old school reel to reel film like theater in the house. Mm-hmm. And then she took me up to John F. Kennedy's bedroom. Ooh. And I was with my friend Martha, and the lady left the room, and Martha got in the bed. And I said, You get your fucking dirty ass out of John F. Kennedy's bed right now. And <laughs> John F. Kennedy's dirty ass bed. And she and she got out just in time, and the lady came back in again. And I, I met Look at you with your de- sudden decorum. Met Rose Kennedy. She was tooting around in a golf cart. It was amazing. And I'm a kind of a wow. Kennedy fanatic. So it was wow. a big deal. What is the deal with, uh, is it Joe Kennedy, the anti-vaxxer? Uh, no, it's, um, is it Ted? Ch- no, Robert. Not Ted. Robert. Robert. Yeah. yeah. What is, wait, and he's Cheryl Hines' husband, right? Yes. And he's actually a good guy in some ways. Like he's, he was behind the, uh, clean, he cleaned up all the, um, were they PCBs or something in the Hudson River? There was a lot of because there had been a bunch of uh, factories that were dumping pollutants uh-huh. in the in the Hudson River forever, and he cleaned right. it up. He's a big Good. environmentalist, but yeah. then he's also like was an anti-vaxer. Right. I never know how to feel about him because he know. had like the thing about Roundup, and I like don't. I'm not. I, I'm unsure how to feel about all that given his anti-vax stuff. Yeah. What's Roundup? Roundup is a. Uh, a pesticide insecticide okay that he is saying and it's probably true that it's like very bad for you yeah but i don't i haven't looked into it enough to know but he's saying it's it, it probably is actually a, a it probably is bad <clears throat> but he has brought a bunch of lawsuits and represented people saying that it's poisonous yeah so people do your own research i'm not you know what after hearing our uh recent discussion of politics uh, on this show and the Supreme Court and the workings of all that, I doubt anyone is thinking that we are uh, smart. The one, <laughs> yeah, that's the word I'm going yeah. for. Yeah, that is the word. Anyway, so I that's wanted amazing. to get in that news item because poor Tom is having a really hard time. Poor guy. raising his three kids. He's actually got four kids. He had one. He had a son, Jack, who's 14, with uh ex-girlfriend Bridget Moynihan 
And then he's got three kids with uh, Giselle Boonchen with two dots over the U. Wow. He really goes for the uggos. Yeah. Um, speaking of other podcasts, I just want to check in on our podcast war with the uh, It's Always Sunny oh, podcast boy. who oh, boy. has stolen our- They've uh, done it again. Our, They've done it again. Yeah. Right. What's going on with that? I have heard I not a word. The no, internet is not buzzing with this Are war. Th- <laughs> we started <laughs> a war right. and no one's fighting it. Are they playing the long game? Like, are they They're just really, possum. really good at? <sighs> yeah. That's so, oh, I'm on to them. That's so, <laughs> it's so doing. sunny. It's so, it's so sunny to play I it that way. I know what they're doing. We can play possum harder than them, but I mean, we can't because we're talking about it now, but yeah. Okay. Well, listen, it's always sunny. We know what you're doing and we can do something equally shitty. Yeah. And we will. So just, just you wait. You think that we're done with this or you think that we're not done with this. Whatever you think it is. We're the opposite is what we are. Get ready or don't in your face. This is a cold war. I think this has gone from a hot war to a cold war. That's right. This is Greg and Allison Astroika. Yep. Mm. Should we do some highs and lows? Let's do highs and lows. Uh, It's your turn to start. Well, I. I'm trying to think of a high. It's been oh, that kind all right, of week. Then I'm going to start. Yeah, you start. I'll start and you ignore me and think while I okay. tell a great story. Good. This is like when you're trying to order at a restaurant and you're like, by the time they order, I'll know what I want. Right. Okay. The worst is when somebody goes, the waiter goes, you guys ready to order? And then somebody goes, uh, oh, you guys start. And then all of a sudden you feel the need to ask the waiter extra specials or yes. throw in a couple questions to buy them some time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You had time. Yeah. Look at the fuck. Right. Look, look, you know, take out your phone, take the snapshot of the UPS symbol that's on the flower pot and look at the menu <laughs> on your phone. That's too small. Right. Yeah. I, you know, I got to say, I'm not a fan of not having a paper menu. Not at all. And guess what? It, do, mm-hmm. it doesn't spread COVID. We found out it's all airborne. Right. There's nothing right. wrong. You're just trying to save money. All these companies took advantage of COVID protocols to save money. Yes, I know. Like when you go to, I'm sorry, I know I sound like Tom Brady now, but when you go to a hotel and they're like, we have house cleaning on every fourth day for between 11 and 11.05. Yeah. Oh, you missed the window? Sorry. Right. It's like, you just, yeah. I, I think you just laid off a bunch of your staff is what you did. We only clean the rooms on Tuesdays. In February, July, and November. <laughs> right. So yeah. Here's a here's a mini vac to get the pubic hair out of your sheets. <laughs> That's right. From the Canadian that was staying here last week. Yeah. Canadians are hairy. Are they? I'm going to Canada this week. Oh, where are you going? Or next week. I'm going to Vancouver and Ottawa. Ooh, I've never been. I've been uh, to the Toronto area once. Mm. I've never been to the other side. Oh, Vancouver's paradise. You'd love it. You're doing comedy up there? Yep. Nice. Guess who I'm doing it with? Mm, Bobcat Goldthwait. Nope. Um, David Allen Greer. Nope. I'm just naming my boyfriends. Um, Dr. Drew. He's got red hair. Okay. Bill Burr. Nope. Um, um, do I know him? Yep. Um, Andrew Santino. No, nope. I don't know him though. He's got red hair, and I know him. I mean, um, you don't. You don't know him personally. I know of him. Yeah. Jim Gaffigan. Nope. He doesn't have red hair. Okay. Carrot top. Louis C.K. <gasps> what? Yep. Tell me more. Well, he asked me to come up and do some shows with him, so I'm going to do two and. Vancouver and two in uh, Ottawa. Do some theaters. This is a highly controversial thing you're doing. It's a little controversial. Maybe it's not that controversial anymore. I don't know. I don't think so. It's been years. It's been years. It's a little controversial. Well, he's a dear friend. And uh, I think he's, I I, I I don't think he's somebody that people should never go see again. 
Mm-hmm. I don't think he should have to wallow in squalor. Have you talked about everything with him? No, never did. Maybe on this trip. Do you have that kind of friendship where you would talk about yeah. that with him? Yeah. Known him for 30 years. He got me my first writing job. Oh, wow. What was, what was that first writing Cedric job? Cedric the Entertainer Presents. It was a sketch show on Fox. And uh, he brought me in to write monologues for Cedric. And then he hired me on his show, uh, Lucky Louie, on HBO. And when I first moved to New York, I knew him from Boston. And when I first moved to New York, he got me in at all the clubs. And then um, when he came out to LA, he lived in my house for like a month with his family. And then, and then he moved into my neighborhood because he liked the neighborhood so much. So for like 10 years, we were neighbors. And then uh, he put me in his show, Louie. He's been very supportive of me. I didn't know you were in Louie. Yeah. Who did you play? I played this guy named Greg Fitzsimmons, who oh, I so it turns out is the only guy I'm capable of playing. <laughs> um, but it was based on, he, had li- he was listening to my podcast and I was talking about, I was interviewing Todd Barry because I was obsessed with the fact that Todd Barry and I started at the same time, are kind of at the same level. And yet we have completely different lives. I've got a wife and kids and a mortgage and I live in LA and he lives alone, single in New York City. With a cat now. With a cat. And I just was obsessed. I was like, walk me through your day. Mine starts at 7 a.m. with chores and things. And what do you do? When do you wake up? So I had him walk me through what time he woke up, where he went and did, got his coffee and his donut that he knew the waitress that he got a special deal because he knew her and like and who having lunch with Janine Garofalo and then taking a nap and playing with his cat like so it was just like a micro look at Todd Barry's day and Louie heard it and he uh, wrote an episode kind of based on it so I it was me interviewing Todd that was the the scenes that I was in that's really cool yeah um all right but that's not your high my high, uh, I had a really nice night last night. I went over to my, my uh, son is, uh, he'll be a senior in college now. And he's got a friend named Will, Will Sherman, who was uh, top of his class at, they went to Santa Monica High School, which is like 3,000 kids. And his friend was the valedictorian. He was the, this guy, Will Sherman. He was the, the, um, uh, you know, he, he gave the speech at graduation and he called me up and he asked me to help him write the speech. That was very sweet. Ew. And I always loved this kid. He's just an awesome, awesome kid. Into politics, smart, funny. Anyway, so like he, so he invited me and Owen and Aaron over and Jojo, but Jojo couldn't make it. She was babysitting. He invited us over to have dinner with his father. They just got a new house and, uh, and Will cooked the dinner. He made some nice salmon and potatoes and spinach and we came over and I didn't know his family history, but it turns out his grandfather was Richard Sherman. And there's these two guys called the Sherman Brothers that are the, they wrote more musical scores than anybody in history. They wrote oh. It's a Small World After All, Mary Poppins, oh, wow. Chitty oh. Chitty Bang Bang, like all these, he, they work for Disney. And for all those years, they cranked out every musical the aristocrats like everything so it was very cool because he had a, a room in the house was like a kind of like a little museum to the uh, grandfather and and then it turns out and then the father will's father is a guy who is a comedy producer big comedy producer he produced win ben stein's money and a bunch of shows and uh and he had produced me on make me laugh many years ago and some other show I think we worked together on. So we just had this great night and it was just so amazing to sit with Owen and his friend and have like a very adult con. And it's one thing when you have a teenager and you go like, yeah, we had like an adult, but it's like an adult conversation. This was an adult conversation. This was like people whose re- opinions I respected, who were eloquent, that are starting to have some life experience. And it was just a very cool, we hung out for hours. We had such a nice time. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, that sounds like a great night. Uh, I, within my high is sort of a similar thing. Um, yours, there's, there's some uh, uh, mirroring. So 
my high Which is, is exactly we, what happens when somebody goes, no, you start and then I'll order last, is then you end up always ordering what the other person just ordered. Yeah, I know. I did it. Um, now, are you of the mind that, because I, this blew my mind when I found out I have guy friends who feel like it is a faux pas if they go to a restaurant together and order the same thing. Faux pas. Of course it is. Why the, like, this is like, what? It just, it just like, it's like somebody who goes TMI. <laughs> it's a shortcut. Why? It's a shortcut. Like you, you, you got to trailblaze. Use your brain. You know, it's a whole fucking menu there. Use your brain. And then you can discuss the different dishes that you have. And you I mean, can- I get that. I get that. Well, I will say that. Like if, no, I guess I see what you're saying. Because if Daniel and I go out, I don't want, here's what I do. Because I'm a controlling bitch. If Daniel and I go out, I like to sit down and then tell him what I suggest we both get. Oh, interesting. (laughs) I like to plan out what we're both going to get, including, you know, any appetizers or things like that. Now, he does have agency. He has veto power. Okay. But in general, I'll be letting him know what we're both going to get because then I can basically, you know, have two dishes. Right. Half of two. So I don't want us to get the same thing because that's, you know. Well, and as a couple, that's expected because then one of you will order a pasta and the other one will order a protein and then you can kind of mix it up a little bit. Exactly. And then you order a salad and you split the salad. And if it's a nice restaurant, they give you the extra dish and they pre-plate it for you. And when they're fucking assholes, they just put the plate out there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we have done something that no one in the whole world has ever successfully done. We have gotten our kids to have an earlier bedtime. Ooh. Do you know how nice. hard that is? That's impossible. Do you know how hard that is? Yeah. It's impossible. Yeah. It took a lot of work. It took some toys and bribery, but we have now successfully switched from a later bedtime to an earlier bedtime. I'm almost afraid to mention it because I don't know that it's going to hold because it feels Let tenuous. me guess what time. I mean, it's summer, which was a bad time to go earlier because it's light out still. Yeah, I know. But Elliot starts kindergarten in a couple weeks. I'm going to guess that you used to go to bed at nine and now it's 830. Yeah, but it was like oozing into like 10. I mean, it was getting oh. late. So it, it, it Elliot's bedtime is 830. But last night we were able because so it used to be that Owen was 730 and Elliot was 830. But last night, everyone because really what happened is we started doing dinner and bath earlier. That was like the key. So because they were both in their pajamas and like ready for bed earlier, then we were able to get Owen in bed around seven last night and Elliot starting the whole process a little bit after eight. Nice. And I feel, feel like that's what we need to do. Do they share a room? No, not yet. Oh, so you can put them down at different times. Yeah. Um, they are going to, though. But uh, so anyway, yeah. But um, I have been listening to Mary Poppins with Elliot. Really? So, I, yeah, because when you said Sherman Brothers and I've been like, you know, I was I was sort of looking up the music and stuff. So I feel like I've been reading about the Sherman Brothers. Yeah. Probably. Look at that. Yeah. They won. They won two Oscars for uh, Mary Poppins. That's so cool. Yeah. My low is that um, my mom mm. is starting to Uh-oh. forget things. Oh. Which is, I think, normal at a certain age. Yeah. She's turning 80 in a few weeks. And she's coming out to visit, which I'm so excited about. She's coming out with my sister. They haven't been out. My sister has, has visited me twice in 23 years that I've been in L.A., so it's time. Wow. Yeah. Um, so they're going to come out. and uh, but, but like I brought up an old friend, Lisa Cosmos, who is like one of my best friends growing up, who mm-hmm. was at our house all the time that my mother loves. And, and I brought up her name. And she was like, who's that? And I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Wow. So who knows? Hopefully that's not a trend. We'll see. Yeah. Yes. But um, it made me really sad all day. Hmm. Yeah, I uh, I have noticed that in the older people in my life as well, and it seems like it kind of it like happens in in spurts. Like it'll be like 
it's not constant. Yeah. Like some, there's like good, good phases and good periods of time and then not as good. Yeah. But then sometimes I feel like I'm really forgetful. Oh, forget it. I mean, I've gotten so bad. Forget it. Yeah. Forget it. So Milo. Um, okay. Greg, do you know, are you aware at all of my, uh, my new strange semi-joking, semi-sincere interest in wrestling? Like and WWE? Having- yeah, and AEW. It's it's uh, okay. So I've been having some wrestlers on my podcast, which is the weirdest pairing, right? Really? Um, it started a while, uh, like so. I so the WWE pitched this wrestler Alexa Bliss on my podcast some months ago, and I had her on. Um, and then Tony, who produces my podcast, and Pete, who does the video, who produces this hi, hi Pete, he produces hi, this Pete. podcast. Um, they're both very into wrestling. So Tony, um, I was having Tony book my third. Thursday shows as like this sort of stunt called Tony's pick. So he booked a wrestler and, I, and then I had him on a couple times and he was really interesting. And then I had this other wrestler podcaster called Colt Cabana on. Um, so I found these wrestlers to be like very interesting and fascinating. And then beca- almost like as a joke, I've joked that I'm going to pivot to wrestling, but I've been like learning more about it and I'm sort of fascinated by it and interested in it. Um, but I, so I've been learning more about it, but in the course of learning more about it, I stumbled across this thing called blading. Do you know what that is? No. Okay. So, evidently. Okay. If I were to tell you that sometimes in matches, wrestlers bleed. There's, let, me, let me rephrase. That in matches, bless, wrestlers get bloody. Would you assume that's real blood or fake blood? Fake blood. blood. That's what I would have assumed because in my mind, wrestling is fake. So the blood would be fake. Right. So anyway, there's this thing called blading where they surreptitiously take a razor blade and nick themselves like where, you know, like on the forehead where it apparently like bleeds a lot. So it looks like they're all, all bloody and really? stuff. And the WWE, it's so gross. The WWE banned it, but AEW, which is the, the, the rest, the Colt Cabana and RJ city, who are the, the wrestlers that I've had on more recently. Um, I guess I'll, I, I don't know. I don't know. So I learned about it and I was so horrified. And so I was like reading about it, but I have a thing about blood and I was like feeling more and more nauseated reading about it. And then I was just like, Oh my God, there's like a whole brutal gnarly side of wrestling that I didn't know about. And I don't think I can continue pretending to uh, pivot to wrestling because I am a delicate flower yeah. and it was all fun and games, but it's actually brutal. And so recently actually just uh, the show that came out, um, oh, sorry, I'm just remembering when the, the show that came out last week, uh, Colt Cabana, who's like a, a, a nice, delightful guy was telling, I was asking him about this and he was giving us like a lot of info about it. And it was just, I was like trying not to grab a Well, did you bag. not see Mickey Rourke in The Wrestler? You didn't see that movie? I haven't seen The Wrestler. Oh my God. If you want to Daniel was turned telling me off, I to see it too. Yeah, it's a, it's a turn off because they're all addicted to painkillers because they throw themselves on the ground. All their backs are fucked yeah. up and- yeah, that's what I'm beginning to realize. Like, it's actually um, it's 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 not exactly fake. It's just like scripted. Yes. Yes. And Vince McMahon, so, it turns out, is some kind of a yeah. predator. So right. He uh, he's no longer the the guy. He's gone. He ran it yeah. for 40 years and he he made it what it is today. But it turns out he was paying millions of dollars to women who he was uh yeah. fornicating harassing with. yeah so my low is uh i'm gonna have to find a new fake hobby yeah <sighs> maybe it's should be guessing women's bra cup sizes since i think you, have you could do that, that as a woman you could do it. that yes yeah, or you could look at guys thing. packages and Ooh. guess their sizes oh Except most- that is I don't, I don't think know. most guys know how many inches they really are. I don't think I, I literally don't think I've ever measured. Maybe I'll measure after the show. That would be so emasculating if I did that. Greg just pulled out a yardstick. People will be like, why do you have pubic hair on your yardstick? <laughs> your ruler. <laughs> um, have we done it? I think we did it. 
It's unbelievable oh because, you know, the Always Sunny people said that we could never do it again. Yeah, that was part of their war on us yeah. that no one's hearing. I wish that they hadn't declared a media embargo because, frankly, I, do, I wouldn't mind a little bit of publicity about this. Yeah. You know, but listen, if you would like to contact us, we would love to hear your voicemails. Um, and we would also love to receive your emails. And you can email us at childishpod at gmail.com. You contact us on social media at gmail. What? At childishpod on uh Twitter and Instagram and call us. Leave us a voicemail. We never answer. That's our promise to you. 805-317-4243. Leave us a comment. Leave us particularly leave us a question because we are know-it-alls and we like to answer your questions and we often play your voicemails on the show. Leave us a nice review on Apple Podcasts. Helps out the show. Tell your friends. Wherever you live in Maine, come to a gunquit on August 11th where I'll play at Jonathan's. And then I'll be in Manchester, New Hampshire on August 12th and 13th at Chunky's Cinema Pub. Uh, don't forget Lowell, Arkansas, September 16th and 17th at The Grove. Howlin' Wolf in New Orleans on October 6th. October 7th, the next night in Lafayette, Louisiana at Club 337. In Chicago, the Den Theater, October 15th. Also coming to Tampa and Dallas. Go to FitzDog.com for tickets. Allison, it's been great. It has been great. Listen to my podcast, Alison Rosen's New Best Friend. I just had Jackie Fabulous on, and uh, she said to say hi to you. And listen to my other podcast with Gross Wrestling Stories. That is the one that comes out on Thursday. Uh, and also listen to Upworthy Weekly, my news podcast that comes out on Saturdays. Da-da-da! And we'll see you next time. I'm Greg Fitzsimmons. Yes. I'm Alison Rosen. And we are Childish. Childish.